0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and come on It's the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Welcome back to another show. It is the week 14 recap. It's 14 weeks and already. can't believe how quick this season has flown by. It seems like only yesterday we were talking about our pre-season predictions and uh, don't get me started on those baltimore ravens who are my pre-season pick to make the super bowl let's just say that ain't happening at this stage of the season it's myself colin kelly bringing you the show as always last week we had three shows this week we'll have two shows hopefully you checked out those shows last week a lot of fun we even had on the mock commentator and what was pretty explicit show preview in week 14 but if you haven't heard that one go back and do check it out be warned some explicit language we also had on Karl Safchek and. Uh, a lot of fun last week previewing the fantasy playoffs hopefully we helped your team out on some occasions probably some of them that we mightn't help but i think we pretty much came true in all our predictions over this weekend and um, this weekend uh, i'll be talking all will wait to the end of the show to talk about my fantasy football problems uh, <laughs> some uh, close games in the playoff that just did not go my way a couple that did but a uh, tough, tough week in fantasy football this week for myself in the playoff hunt as always, thanks for downloading the show, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the ways you can listen to this show, and uh, you can listen to it as well on overtimeireland.com. You can stream it there, of course. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to it, and please, 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 I've been asking you the last couple of weeks, get over there, hit that rate button, and uh, give us a nice friendly comment, maybe even a maybe even a little five-star review, hopefully above three stars I know you give us some credit for uh, what I'm doing each and every week, but it is a lot of fun bringing you the show, and thanks as always. For all the support on social media over the past few weeks, it is greatly, greatly appreciated as we continue to spread the word, grow the audience, and so on and so forth of Overtime Ireland. Today's show, I'm joined by Nat Coombs of America Carnage Podcast. Of course, a lot of you will know him from the Channel 4 days, the uh, coverage of Channel 4, and uh, he's also part of that American Carnage Podcast, as I mentioned, and he's also part of the BBC Five Live team with Mike Carlson, doing uh, the coverage now each and every Sunday live on the radio of uh, the late NFL, or the, sorry... Second slate of games, one game each week, and then they talk through all the games going on at the same time in the early slate. But uh, let's get straight into it. Let's get Nat on the show and talk a week 14. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. Delighted to be joining on the podcast now by a guy who's been trying to get on for quite some time. It's Nat Coombs. A lot of you will know him from. Formerly the Channel 4 coverage and now doing some of the BBC coverage on the radio with uh, 5 Live and uh, of course the American Carnage podcast as well. Uh, Nate, time, thanks for taking the time to join us.
1: Oh, good to be here. Some of your listeners might remember me as far back as Channel 5, <laughs> uh, proper old school.
0: <laughs> yeah, back back in the old school days and uh, I know like the, the audience obviously for NFL and the UK in particular has grown a lot over the last uh, 5 to 10 years but uh, there is a, a long list of uh, diehard fans throughout the UK and... Uh, just after finishing up with the uh, uh, Monday Night Football the Miami Dolphins getting a tough loss I know there's a lot of Dolphins fans in the UK so any of them that stayed up to watch that that would have been a tough one for them to take but it's been a, a tough season overall Week uh, Week 14 was an interesting one a couple of teams uh, their season's kind of done and dusted after that week had you any uh, big big things that you thought just really uh, piqued your interest in Week 14?
1: Can't believe that the Bears are probably not going to make the playoffs
0: Yeah <laughs> <sad>. <laughs> that's <laughs> really sad Yeah
1: You know they will by every year um, Because it's easy to pick uh, the Patriots and the Packers to go deep in the playoffs, yeah. right? So every year I try and pick out a couple of dark horses. And I've actually been all right this year. For the three teams I picked, uh, the first, some of your listeners might think, well, you're contradicting yourself. They're not a dark horse, but the Cardinals, right? Yeah. But I, I said yeah. think the Cardinals are going to go deep and my Twitter timeline is, is evidence here, right? So anybody can be bothered, which I very much doubt. Go back and look at my Twitter timeline, maybe week one, week two, and I wrote what are the or oh, well, not the odds of Carson Palmer at Super Bowl MVP are right, right. Um, so the Cardinals uh, in the context of they're always going to be reasonably good I think this season but I I had a hunch they'd go deep but my two dark horses were the Bears and the, and the Giants now they're both um, you know fundamental dark horses or uh, authentic dark horses in the yeah. sense that they're, they're realistically long shots at best but both quite dangerous teams and I think you know the Bears they had a bit of a renaissance and I think Jay Cutler's been playing uh, you know quite well uh this season by his standards um maybe the most enigmatic quarterback in the NFL right now but the Giants particularly after last night's win I think are still in it and I think and my rationale here is they're obviously a mess defensively for all kinds of reasons but much like that Keegan Newcastle team of the 90s they'll just score more, more than you will and um uh, and their offensive lines obviously really banged up, so they've had issues there too. But when they get to the playoffs, they sneak in the back door. They've done it before, and you've got a coaching. It's not just having um, uh, Eli Manning, who's been there, done it, but it's the, it's, it's the coaches in particular as well that have just been in that situation, playing knockout ball. You know, Spagnola's back as well, so I've got a, I've got a little hunch about the Giants if they can get through. And last night's win was 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 essential. I thought.
0: Yeah, and when you look at the Giants, you know you look at them winning it a couple of years back. They've snuck in twice as kind of lit in their scraped into the into the wild card rounds, and have gone on to win it. So, you know, if there's a team that you think could do it, uh, I definitely wouldn't be ruling them out. You know the you know Odell Beckham does it again on Monday Night Football, phenomenal two touchdown performance. And uh, somebody might want to tell that Miami Dolphins uh, defense. Somebody wants to cover Odell Beckham for that second. I think it was an eighty four yard touchdown. So maybe maybe cover the best player on the opposing <laughs> offense would be. A good idea uh, there. It's, it's interesting we'll just stay with that division because you're looking at the Eagles, the, the uh, Giants and the Redskins all of the yeah. victories this week in week 14, each yeah. team on 6 and 7, the Redskins at the moment holding the tiebreakers in that one it's really, uh, it has been all season nobody wanted to win but now every time one team wins they all win, if one team loses they all lose so uh, finally yeah. though after this week we can say that the, uh, the Cowboys are out of contention
1: yeah, I think, disappointingly, we're not going to see Matt Castle or Brandon Whedon, for that matter, in the Super Bowl. Um, but I think, looking at it, like I said, my hunch is the, the, the Giants will do it. But probably the Eagles, I think it's fair to say, have destiny in their own hands. They've probably got the easiest running, right? Yeah. Uh, because, uh, you know, outside of the Cardinals, but that's a home game, they've got the Redskins and the Giants, right? And then the Giants game is, is Week 17 in New York. So, uh, if you know, they win both of those games, probably, you know, unless the Giants... Uh, all, all the skins were on the table, which I think is looking at their uh, their schedule is unlikely. I mean, the skins have got the Bills, I think, next up, yep. um, and they've got the Cowboys actually, week seventeen. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, they like to win two of those three. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a tough one to call, but uh, you know, if I was a gambling man, which obviously I'm not, then I would put money on uh, on the Giants to do it. Um, just going back to last night's game as well, on the Dolphins. I thought what was really interesting about that was. Um, That you know, a lot of the issues in terms of Lamar Miller and um, uh, and his use or lack of under Phil and Laser, you know, reared their you know reared its head again. And you know, I'm very openly a Dolphins fan, um, as some of your listeners will probably know. And we're in just a complete mess. And it's so disappointing because we came into the season with with a fair amount of promise. And I think looking at the AFC East, I I figured it would be one of the more interesting divisions in the NFL. And to some degree, it stood up to that because the low am to say it, the Patriots have been great um, the Bills have contended and Tyrod Taylor for me is one of the, the more surprising players of the season uh, and the Jets have been great under Tom Bowles uh, with the real letdown in the AFC yeah. East and I just can't see, you know, there'll be personnel changes left, right centre uh, going into next season but I just can't see uh, how we're going to bounce, bounce back in the next year or two from, from this season I think it's been a real setback for Miami football
0: yeah, last season, going into the season as well, as you su- suggested, I thought they would have a, a big season. Obviously, Lamar Miller was going into a contract year, which he's in at the moment. Tannehill had a yeah. good finish till last season. Jordan Cameron yeah. was an off-season acquisition. They had uh, you know so much going for them coming into it, but it just hasn't worked out. They had taken in Dominic and Sue as well, obviously. But uh, yeah, the decisions at the yeah. start of the year not to run the ball uh, enough, uh, definitely Philbin's time was uh, definitely uh, the right decision there, I think. But even after that, they had two weeks when uh, Campbell came in. Had the, he had sensational two games, Lamar Miller. But this game was the one that was really head-scratching because sometimes the game gets away from you. You go away from the run. First half, uh, he has two rushing touchdowns. I think it was even maybe in the first quarter. And I I had a fantasy game relying on him versus Eli Manning this night. And I thought after <laughs> the, the first two quarters, I thought, really, this is going very, very good because Manning had a fumble as well. And uh, yeah. the, then in the second half, just uh, it was like somebody hit... I was checking up uh, on Twitter to see if he had actually got injured and had left the game because they just didn't give him any carries. So he was really dominating in the first half. And, you know, to go away from it so much in the second half just uh, seemed a strange, strange decision when you were still very much in it. And then obviously the game got blown wide open uh, when Odell Beckham came to dominate that second half. Yeah, that's um, the kind of luck
1: I have in fantasy, by the way, is when I'm going against a player, he inevitably establishes a franchise record, as Eli Manning did
0: last night. That is every time that tough to take it that way but as you mentioned it uh, but we we have seen before we thought going into the season they were going to be a very very good team i thought they could possibly challenge the patriots it hasn't turned out that way sometimes the teams with the talent on the roster can bounce back very very quickly and very swiftly so we'll see if that can happen next season for the dolphins parker didn't get involved as much this week but uh, he's had a couple of nice grabs over the last few weeks since he's got a chance uh, to get involved but um you know lamar miller that's a good be, point yeah it's a
1: good point you know you look at a compare it to a situation like Atlanta, right? Yeah. Who, everyone's scratching their heads going, oh, why, what's happened to Atlanta? Well, they were never a very good roster, I don't think. I mean, you know, Quinn came in and uh, and he quite clearly has the chops to be a very good head coach, I think, um, uh, but took a, a moderately competent roster and made them look really, really good. And a lot of that was down to, I think, to... Specifics in games and the, and the schedule, and everything else, but they went They were six and oh, were they? they started yeah, yeah. Started six well, 6-0. 6-0. yeah, five and um, oh, sorry, yeah, five and oh. Yeah. yeah, uh, they went, you know, and everybody thought, Oh, they're really the continues, but they're not. But you make a really good point that the dolphins have raw talent there, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And uh, if they can get the right coaches in that can motivate them quickly, and that's the key because as we know, the NFL teams and rosters dismantle relatively quickly right yeah. so they, there isn't a big window to get this right and that's the frustrating thing I think for Miami fans the talent is there but why can't we you know why can't we get a coaching setup that can get it moving but look it's a difficult situation to come in mid-season anyway you know so I don't think there's any um, you know there's any uh, any criticism about the interim uh, you know coaching team and, and Tannehill's maybe the for me the biggest Concern there because every year we heard, oh, Tannehill's improving every year. That's what that's what everybody says. You know, the thing you look at in a quarterback, young quarterback, is he improving every year? And he's not Andrew Luck, but he's improving every year. Yeah, not this year. You know, he's obviously massively regressed. And I think next season will be very much a a make or break season for him. By which I mean, he'll probably be able to go on uh, in the way that the 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 lack of depth in the NFL quarterback position right now. it is so apparent, you know, he can probably hang around for another five, six, seven years down the 28 to 32 end of the, which is actually where the Dolphins may be heading. But, um, you know, is he going to be that quarterback that you would can say is capable of taking his team at least to a Super Bowl, let alone winning it? I think next season for him is is critical to establish whether he's ever going to be that player or not.
0: Yeah, that's, true. Yeah, that's he's very going true. To Obviously, next is because, uh, the way because, becomes, uh, the way becomes, the becomes tremendous.
1: Tremendous. yeah, so when, when you're the contract that Bill is, Laser handed him
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> before he was pushed out of the door. Yeah, when you're looking around the rest of the uh, teams, like we're very quick week to week to you know tell if a player's going to be good or bad, and uh, you know a prime example of that is the Redskins who we mentioned earlier and Kirk Cousins a lot of people had him written off at the start of the season myself included and he's produced week in week out another win this week against the Bears and he had a rushing yeah. touchdown he, he's looked very very good the last couple of weeks I know we're talking a lot here about one division but he's looked very very impressive in my opinion and I never thought I, agree, I would be saying like, that
1: I do agree. I've always liked him and, and some of your listeners will remember that a few years back on the Channel 4 show it was the year after RG3 um had gone big uh, and then there were the initial sort of injury concerns about him right yeah. and the question that was put out which um, was done I think deliberately provocatively right but with a sensible argument behind it was should the Redskins sell high on yeah, RG3 yeah. the, the,
0: on, on Cousins rather
1: yeah because Cousins yeah. was Cousins was looking good when he'd come in but his RG3 stopped at that stage was phenomenally high but the word on the street was that he's not going to be the same phone as he could received right, so the rationale was that the sell high, and a, and a few, a remember a few uh, viewers said, oh what are we thinking of this question and someone sent it to a blog in the States, or, you know, Redskins report in the States and the Redskins journalist was, look at what the Brits are saying they think, you know, uh, we should trade RG theory like, like we didn't understand, you know, we, yeah. without any of the context of the argument behind it I've been so tempted, mate, to, just to drop that journalist line <laughs> over the last 12 to eight as he's the third string quarterback yeah. now. On and, uh, but, you know, the point being that um, the reason why that argument, I think, had some credibility outside of um, what, what, you know, the book on RG3 was that he was just not going to be able to recreate that explosive play that made him such a dynamic quarterback in the first place because of the injury. Uh, the Kirk Cousins is, is, is a capable player, and I've always rated him again it goes back to this question which i think a lot of people are asking this season which is um what is the minimum skill level that you need in the in the current nfl to have a deep playoff run and make it to the super bowl you know what what quarterback represents that line which below you know however good the rest of your team is you're not gonna seriously contend in the playoffs um and, you know, I don't quite know yet. I haven't really seen enough of him recently, uh, as in, you know, the last you know season and a half, Kirk Cousins, to know if he is that that good. Yeah. But I definitely think yeah. he's got um, a lot over other players that are starting week in, week out in the NFL.
0: Yeah, well, this week in particular, he is a target now in Jordan Reed, who has stayed healthy for the majority of this season. He had two touchdowns this week again. And when you have a big target like that, you have Deshaun Jackson, then we plays, and even Alfred Morris turned up with a touchdown this week, although he didn't do a whole lot more. Outside of that but uh you know he's, he's shown poise in the pocket and I have been impressed so we've mentioned a lot about this division giants eagles redskins it's, it's going to be nice uh to watch the next yeah. three weeks to see who comes out on top it's going to be fascinating from that perspective we, so,
1: you know so much of the playoff picture is sorted right particularly yeah. you know, in the nfc but you know both sides of it realistically so much of it is sorted out that that's going to be the maybe the most exciting race right
0: yeah i mean gonna, I, I
1: suppose it's thing, that and whether, the Vikings will collapse. That those two things I think are particularly interesting.
0: Yeah, the thing that makes it exciting too is that whoever doesn't get in is gone because there's going to be no wild card in that division. So there's going to be two teams yeah. out of that tree not getting in. So that makes it very, very interesting. I did touch on the uh, Falcons when we talked about. You said you know about how, how they started the season. Well, if they had started the season two and one, then went you know one and two over the next games and balanced out at six and seven, that's probably the type of team they are. But that's no excuse for the performance they put in this week against the Panthers, who now are thirteen and zero. And absolutely dominating each and every week, all facets of the game. Uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to say what's not impressive. Even Ted Ginn ca- catching passes this week for too long. <laughs> so if he, if he catches it, uh, you know. He, but he's definitely he's getting himself the opportunities by getting deep each time and bra- beating the defenders So he just needs to be able to, to catch the ball at the end of it all. But uh, the Panthers have looked very impressive. But the the Falcons from kind of from halfway through the uh, first quarter in this one did not look interested.
1: It's funny you mentioned Ted Ginn. You know, there are certain players that... I mean, I've, I've loved NFL since I was a kid, right? Yeah. Um, and as I said, I was a Dolphins fan. So Ted Ginn is one of those players that... Um, he was obviously a first-round pick for the Dolphins and, and a bust, right? Yeah. Um, there are certain players. And when I was a kid, Sammy Moore was that player. Uh, and I don't know whether that's kind of... That's probably very much dating me. Yeah. But uh, Sammy Moore was... Um, uh, first round draft pick for the Dolphins. I'm trying to remember what year he was actually. Can you remember that? Uh, yeah, the late,
0: early 90s, huh? that or was it Sammy Smith? Wait a minute. Sammy, you might get my names mixed up. Sammy Smith? Sam Smith. Help me out. Sam, Sam, uh, no. Sam Smith, the
1: singer. Sammy Smith, not Sammy Moore. Sammy Smith, right? Was the first round pick for the Finns. This is shit because I was probably about seven when, uh, <laughs> you know, I was fell in love with the coverage when, um, you know, when it was on Channel 4 and yeah. Smith must have come out, I think. Um, uh, eighty-eight, eighty-nine would have been. That would be kind of yeah, the kind of the the,
0: no, the year he was. Mean, trot- it is, but could be, Obviously, yeah, different. around
1: that time. And he was a bust basically. But I always looked, I didn't play very long in the NFL. I'm, I'm pretty sure he um uh, I'm pretty sure he, his his uh, career ended up in all kinds of controversy. But he was a player that he, he was a bust. But I looked out from Ted Gidd's the same thing, right? He was disastrous at, at Miami, um, but has somehow forged this career mainly in terms of his returning ability. Uh, and, as, and as a sort of fourth-rank yeah. uh, receiver. Um, so I always look out for him to have a real soft spot uh, for him. And uh, he is, you know, he, he's in that school of players like Braylon Edwards and others who have got uh, clearly a raw talent but can't quite put it all, all together, you know? Um, but that, I mean, he, it's incredible what Cam Newton is doing. And it's been very uh, well-documented and said by many people this season, so I'm not going to go over the same old ground. Oh, look... Uh, how impressive Cam Newton is, given the the weapons he has at his disposal. Yeah. But if we're talking about the MVP discussion, of which up until I think the last couple of weeks, no, lots of people have been saying Cam Newton should be in that discussion. But I think serious commentators have been sceptical about that. I think in the last few weeks, he's proved without a doubt that even if he doesn't win it, he definitely deserves to be in that conversation and and in the you know in the top three when all's said and done. I mean, who's your? What's your take on that? Do you think Newton will, will get the nod?
0: Yeah, I've thought that a few weeks, uh, say three or four weeks ago, that you know he was right to be in the discussion, but I thought that Brady was the clear out and out winner when the Patriots were also unbeaten. Over the last few weeks, Brady hasn't had all his weapons and he hasn't looked as good. He looked good this week again against the Texans, but you know when he when he when he uh, was going so good and they were ten and zero as well, it looked like the the Patriots were cruising. I thought Brady would be the odds on definitely to get it, but. The, the last couple of weeks, I've thought as well, I thought the other person that should be getting more of a mention is Carson Palmer. I think he's in a sensational role yeah. for the Cardinals. And I think they've put yeah. themselves a lot closer to Brady. I think with just the, the journalists and the way things are usually voted, I think Tom Brady would be still the popular choice. But uh, I would have absolutely no issues with uh, Cam Newton. He has showed a lot of development this uh, past season and even last season. I think now have they are they uh, 18 or 19 games uh, unbeaten since the last time they lost yeah. last season. So they're on Incredible. a... Uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal run, and he is just the the key to it. The way the whole run game's going through him, you know. It, you know. What do run... you? Uh, yeah.
1: What do you think of them celebrating against the Falcons before the end of the game?
0: Well, if you're beating a team like that and shutting them out, I have absolutely no issue with. You know, people give out. You <laughs> know, they talk about Cam Newton celebrating in the end zone, celebrating first downs when he gets it that he's over elaborate. Like if you're able to do it and you're doing it week in, week out, and you're thirteen and zero, I think if you can't celebrate then, when can you celebrate?
1: You see, I'm 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 a caught in the middle a little bit here i am definitely pro showboating yeah. uh particularly after a touchdown unless you're quarter out <laughs> who is like stepping into the end zone as your team is losing 84 nothing um but I'm, I'm all for it and even you know on the field uh, you know whether it's cam doing what he's been doing this season uh i mean during you know during a drive or, or you know legends like ray lewis doing what he's doing that's i love all that right and I, i'm i would even go as far as i probably draw the line at the um the T O dancing on the star although yeah, this yeah, part yeah. is still quite like still quite liked it a little bit but you know the joe horn getting his mobile out of his sock and um that's my <laughs> personal favorite and you know chad johnson with his hall of fame jacket all of that I, I love however i i'm a traditionist when it comes to shaking hands at the end of the game and not trash talking your opponent too much kicking them when they're down and i feel that the panthers i mean maybe they you know the game was still going on right you know to, to pose for a for a team photo and I appreciate what they've achieved is, is is terrific and they're a great team and there's a great buzz about them, but I thought it was a little bit too far. You know who they slightly remind me of this season, the Panthers? Um, When we were doing uh, Super Bowl 48 in New York and I was, I was doing it obviously for for channel four and was pitch side for that one. And all week long uh, we were like media day and all the things going on you'd spend a lot of time around the the two teams. A media day is uh, surreal at at the best uh, of times, but what's interesting about it, and for listeners that don't know how it's set up, you have different tiers of players that the media are granted access to, right? Uh, Depending on their level of stature, um, then the really big guns are in the middle of the room on... um, podiums right and the media sort of hangs around so Peyton Manning for example in that situation was one of the the Broncos that was in the middle of the room then you've got a second tier of people down one side that you walk up to a bit like a sort of fairground booth type thing and you get a bit nearer to them because it's less of a huddle around them and Second tier player, so in, in the case of Super Bowl 48, that's people Eric Decker, right? Was, was kind of there, yeah. um, and yeah. then all the other players are just behind this pen that anyone could walk up to, you know, <laughs> without any kind of any security, really, yeah. any barrier, bless them. Um, and you know, you just get randoms going up to them because I think, well, I'm not going to get near Peyton Manning, I don't have a TV crew, or, I can't sort of muscle in, so I'll go up to them, you know. So, in that situation, uh, and, and it's crazy, right? You've got people. In you know, wedding dresses proposing to players, and it's just the the most energetic and over the top media sports star interaction I think in the world. And at the end of it, uh, if uh, if they want to, the players are allowed to to mill around. So the Seahawks uh, got their hour and a half or hour, I think it was, I can't remember. And then the Broncos get their hour, and then the players can mill around, right, Uh, when they've done their bit. The Broncos were nowhere to be seen. The Seahawks were bowling around the room. You know, without a care in the world, and they were like that all week long. Every time there was, you know, Marshall Lynch, who is one of the the, the more remarkable uh, interviewees around. Mm-hmm. You know, just having fun uh, with it all, and I think quite knowingly taking the mickey and just the, the general sense of it. Cut to game time, and do you remember the first play of that Super Bowl, which is when that was when the Sam chancellor out? Is like, up? and yeah, yeah. and uh, the Seahawks came and I was on the Seahawks side of the field they all came back and you know so you're like a minute or whatever into the Super Bowl for most of this team the biggest game of their lives they were just letting it go they were I think you know Sherman or one of them was actually standing on top of so on a bench but on the the top, walking along the the back bit of the bench (laughs) Uh, another player was body popping it was was just you know watching it genuinely thinking I can't believe this they're in the biggest game of their lives They're so relaxed. They just don't care. They're fearless. And the Panthers this season, I think, are, are really reminiscent of that. They just seem to be fearless. They don't care. They don't care if people don't rate them. Every week, people have been picking against them, going, oh, the streak's going to end. Even now, I still think, if you asked a lot of NFL uh, experts who they think is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, say, and they said the Packers or the Panthers, I think, or the Cardinals, I think the Pan- Pan- Panthers would potentially be number three on many people's list I still yeah. think people don't take it seriously yet yeah. you know I could see him going all the way just because of the the you know the fearless factor
0: yeah well the Flint's now a bye week obviously in the first week of the playoffs I think they're likely going to get that home field advantage so it's gonna be very very tough to beat them that defense Joyce Norman, Luke Hickley, Davis they're just they're just playing amazing outs and every week as you mentioned they're playing loose they're nice and relaxed but you mentioned as well you know shaking hands after the game I think I think the the point where I draw they should all have respect for each other because these guys are going out and putting it all on the line each and every week. And I'm sure they enjoyed the moment, but I'm sure they still respected all the players on the uh, Falcons team. But the uh, the divisional rivalry and so on, I think, adds to it as well. You mentioned the Seahawks too. They are playing phenomenal stuff this last couple of weeks. And Russell Wilson over the last few weeks has really, really dominated. And the interesting point in that game is Thomas Rawls, obviously, out now for yeah. the rest of the season with the broken ankle. But Jimmy Graham goes yeah. out two weeks ago, and it looks like, you know, Oh, the, their, their playmaking offseason recruit has uh, gone down, but the team maybe has got their identity back almost uh, without Jimmy Graham in the lineup and uh, just looking sensational. Uh, I have to say, Russell Wilson is just playing lights out the last couple of weeks. Just before we finish up, uh, we'll jump over to the AFC. The Patriots obviously winning against the Texans. The Bengals losing to the Steelers. It keeps the Steelers' playoff hopes alive. The Chiefs getting the win. Um, this week again against the Chargers in one of the most boring games of the week Le- very little to talk about in that <laughs> one uh, the Jets obviously winning as well keeps their play hope- playoff hopes alive the Raiders getting a big big win in Denver but I think that's more just going to affect the way the season will go in the AFC rather than the actual playoff hopes of the Raiders but in that Raiders game Khalil Mack with five sacks and that he was unbelievable all game long yeah. out of that day, yeah. the playoff picture has shaken up a little bit uh, the AFC side of it uh, what's your main talking point coming out of the weekend <laughs>
1: Well, uh, there are a few, I guess. I mean, I, I suppose Andy Dalton's yeah, uh, anti right? yeah. concussion. Well, right, the Dalton's the more the more long term one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reports coming out now It's that he's not going to need surgery. Right, so that's yes. good news, as it were, for, for the Bengals. And um,
0: uh, we've seen before you know, with the, we've seen before with the not needing surgery. Though, when it comes to two or three weeks down the line, if it hasn't started to heal, that would uh, rule him out for the rest of the season. So, for Bengals fans, I'm sure they're hoping that it's just. A little uh, stress fracture that can be healed quite easily, but you know that's two or three weeks to yeah. come back. It's not always guaranteed and with a quarterback. And it's the problem is, as well. you, yeah.
1: you can see. It. I mean, even if they hang on and get, um, you know, and get a bye in the in the first round of the playoffs, you can see him coming into that divisional game and um, and you know just playing. One the thumb going again. I mean, think about it. If you're up against the Bengals, Dalton's back for the first time in four or five weeks. Uh, what are you? And you're a defensive player up against it. What is? <laughs> Number one objective, you know. So, I think uh, I think that's a massive and disappointing blow for for the Bengals because they've looked good and uh, and Dalton and the team generally. And this is an important point, I think, because so much criticism is heaped on the quarterback when a team doesn't perform in the playoffs. And obviously, the quarterback is singularly the most instrumental player in a team. But it's it is overplayed. I think Dalton can't win in the playoffs. I think it's just nonsense, really. Um, and this is a great opportunity for him to just shut that up full stop. And he might not have the opportunity to do that now. Uh, and, but it blows open the AFC, right? Because, mm. uh, you know, the Bengals... Who knows? AJ McCarron could... We could be watching him on America's game
0: in six months. <laughs> six months. <laughs> uh, this is this is how ridiculous that injury actually is. They're just looking at the and the hunt pitcher here in NFL.com at the minute and the Steelers are now eight and five. They have uh, it's one and one yeah. between them in the division. They're two games back with three games to go. The Bengals have to play the Broncos. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here. That's it's not without the realms of possibility that the Steelers could sneak this division in the end up.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at the Steelers' schedule, and they so they yeah, got the Broncos, talking, yeah. and then they got the World and then they got the Ravens and the Browns, right? Oh, so yeah, sounds about, yeah. the Broncos are a bit of a mess. I mean, they don't know what they're doing. I don't think it quarterback position, and that's maybe the, in answer to your original question. The other big thing is, what are the Broncos going to do? Manning's apparently training again this week. Um, yeah. Uh, so what are they going to do at quarterback? Because I think everybody, if you, before this weekend, everybody, the majority of people would have said, yeah
0: role Peyton Osweiler, Manning,
1: yeah. you know, oh, they're going to stick with Osweiler the writing's on the wall I was never convinced of that argument anyway who would I rather have in a playoff game against for argument's sake you know the that say it's the AFC Championship game where you're going up against the Patriots 100% Manning every time I know he's looked beaten up I know he's been shockingly bad at times but he is the kind of player that will pull it out one more time you know and I don't believe that he's completely shot because I think we've seen evidence this season that him quite clearly proving he can do it, and uh, when he when he needs to, why he hasn't been able to do it every time? when he's just aging, obviously, and that's one of the problems. Is that it doesn't completely go; it just doesn't become a constant anymore, and you're not consistent anymore. In other words, it, this could be the fairy tale end for Manning. I could see the Broncos somehow getting in there, uh, hanging on, Manning coming back, uh, and, and and taking them taking them, you know, deep or maybe even into the Super Bowl just like we said at the top of the chat I wouldn't back against Eli, Eli his brother in that situation knockout ball yep. I wouldn't back against Peyton either and if I was running the Broncos right now 100% I would go back to Peyton Manning when he's when he's relatively fit
0: yeah I didn't think I would be thinking that way but I'm kind of leaning towards that with you too and obviously I talked about the Panthers defense you know the, the Broncos defense might be actually a better defense overall so uh, that there's a scary yeah. defense so if you have anything going on the offensive side of the ball you do have a chance uh, the Patriots. I just want to make a point on them. Obviously, you you drop Gronkowski into that lineup, and uh, it seems like everything is perfect and rosy in New England.
1: Well, exactly. You know, everybody says, look, Tom Brady managed to do it without a, any kind of serious receiving weapons year in year out, and he's never had a number one receiver. And he, you know, Randy Moss is maybe the only number one receiver, genuine receiver he's ever had in his career. Well, you compare it to to the Panthers. Greg Olsen's obviously a very capable, very good. More than that terrific tight end yeah. right but he's not he's not not the Gronk you know the Patriots have got Gronkowski Brady's got Gronkowski so it's a different situation and you know obviously and I think that it's remarkable what the Patriots do full stop in terms of personnel and Belichick is a a master at interchanging uh, players into a system uh, and doesn't rely on the individual and so he picks up scrubs that we haven't heard of last week and slots them in and he is maybe the best ever at that right yeah, yeah, but so. uh it doesn't change the fact that they've got two of the best players in their position in the history of football in in Brady and Gronkowski so if you've got that tandem going how do you defend Gronkowski nobody could nobody knows he's been playing for how many years now nobody can stop him
0: no you literally can't stop him and I said at the start of the season like was he a Hall of Famer I think if he retired today I think he goes straight into the Hall of Fame in five years time he's I don't think there's anybody that uh, can compare to him at that position, probably in the history of the NFL. The way he just does it week in, week out. But this year is why we love talking about the NFL. You know, we talked about Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos two weeks ago. You don't think that's even a conversation. You think they're going to roll with Osweiler week in, week out? Yeah. Everything changes from time, like from start of the season. We thought the Seahawks were struggling. Now they're absolutely rolling. You think the Bengals are going well? Dalton breaks his thumb. It shakes everything up. Just week to week, you just cannot call the NFL, and that's why we love it so much. And you know, I'm a Packers fan, and they've been struggling in offense. Maybe starting to get things a little bit rounded up with McCarthy calling plays this week, but there's still a long yeah, way off. But you know, when you get to big when big you get to another three or four weeks, and you hit that wild card round, you hit the playoffs. A lot will have changed when we sit here and talk right now, and uh, it'll be very yeah, interesting yeah. to see what happens. So um, it's been a lot of fun talking with you, talking through all the games. Do you want to give a quick uh, plug out for any of the listeners that? haven't heard you on the Five Live show uh, doing the NFL coverage on Sunday nights, uh, why they should listen in. Just my recommendation, they definitely should be tuning in.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, well, me and Carlson uh, are, are back. Uh, it's like we were joking. Uh, when we're trading places. We're <laughs> in the trading places. Mortimer, we're back. Uh, so we're back on uh, Five Live uh, Sports Extra every Sunday. So we, we go on our 7.30, and the first hour and a half, two hours, depending on the kickoff of our live game, uh, a bit later on we zip around red zone we have loads of guests on i mean we had some terrific people on uh, already it's a good lineup and it's not mike and friends that's the kind of idea right and yeah. um uh, so it's even if you you got game pass or sky or, or whatever and you're watching that put us on in the background uh, yeah, somebody uh, yeah. described it the other day it was very high praise indeed we certainly haven't lived up to it yet, yet. but test match special that kind of idea where you watch the cricket and put you know, TMS on in the background. That's kind of that's kind of the vibe. And um hashtag five live NFL, that's the digit five. You've got questions in, it's very interactive. You know, me and Mike have always been uh our shows have always been about being very interactive with the fan base and, and we love that. And uh, you know, I, I, I do NFL's my my true passion, but obviously as a sports broadcaster, I do quite a lot of football as well yeah. and different yeah. projects. The the reaction you get from NFL fans in the UK and um just the 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 conversation and the chat and the and the comedy and the jokes and everything else uh, that uh, that flies around is, is terrific and it makes it so much more rewarding than than anything else that i do i love it so in that respect it, it's it's terrific um and we're also america as you mentioned at the top of the show yeah, yeah. our podcast we're recording believe it or not a 200 episode of that tonight uh so i can't <laughs> I can't believe we made it that far but that's me and carlson again i, I just can't get, get rid of him uh Dan Lowe uh, who is um, our, our third uh, third co-presenter who's a br- very funny man and comedian uh, and Harry the producer who's the brains of the operation so uh, AmeriCarnage you'll find that on iTunes and Stitcher and all those places
0: yeah definitely worth checking both them out if you want to get some NFL coverage on the uh, the BBC side of it on Five Live and obviously get some uh, fun times on Americana as well uh, it's been a lot of fun, and hopefully we can do it again in the future. Uh, it's always good getting new guests on, and we've been working on it for a little while, but it's uh, it's good to get you on. Pleasure, man. Listen,
1: uh, when Carson Palmer wins Super Bowl MVP, get me back on, just so I can crow for 20, 20 minutes about that.
0: Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. A little bit of mic issues there as we started off, uh, hopefully... The sound quality there was good enough what we done that discussion seemed to be a little bit lower i had a little bit of technical issues prior recording that but seems to have come out okay so hopefully you enjoyed the content there as we recapped all the action once again thanks to nat for coming on the show it was a lot of fun getting through those games i know we didn't talk about the actual scores we talked about what happened in the games and the main talking points coming out in the playoff picture there's so much going on so interesting and we did spend a lot of time on the NFC East, but it is going to be fascinating for the next three weeks to watch what happens there we're both getting our leaning towards the New York Giants, but it's just so hard to know with these teams up and down each and every week. But uh, each team won this week that is in the hunt. The Cowboys, unfortunately for them and their fans, lost to the Green Bay Packers. And let's just say, go Pack, go! Good one for the Packers. Um, still a little bit to iron out, but uh, overall a good performance. Sloppy conditions uh, in Green Bay, a lot of rain, but Eddie Lacey looking better running behind that line. Offensive line played solid, even though there's players to come back from injury. Uh, just overall uh, a better, better performance, I have to say. Stark's looking good as well as a change of pace in there in the backfield. And uh, just have to say, uh, it was much, much happier overall with the performance. But the Cowboys with the quarterback position, that, you know, a lot, lot, lot more to work on for the Packers give up some big players in the run game Darren McFadden had a few big runs so need to limit those plays going forward but as I mentioned there with that you know three or four weeks down the line a lot can change in the NFL from play to play if a quarterback goes down gets injured just reshuffles the whole pack so we'll see what happens Uh, hopefully the Packers can continue to improve but it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks in the NFC and uh, the NFC North as well with that Game obviously in week 17 of the Packers and the Vikings, but let's hope the Packers can get the job done prior to that. And uh, overall, this week, a few other interesting results that I must mention. I mentioned Khalil Mack, he was phenomenal against the uh, the Broncos, really uh, destroyed the Broncos' offensive line in particular, and really helped them win that game on their own. Uh, you don't often hear punters mentioned on this show unless it's our buddy Chris Clue, who's been on a couple of times, but um. Uh, King in this punting for the Raiders and I know him and Chris Clue had a a competition and training camp a couple of years back I think two or three years ago and uh, King won out in that one Chris had a lot of kind words for him and uh, he had a phenomenal (laughs) game here every kick, every punt he seemed to do inside the 20 yard line one of them fumbled by Sanders led to a score for the Raiders and uh, just a good game all around by him so the Broncos really did struggle this week. Uh, the Raiders getting that win, as I mentioned. I think it's going to be too little too late for them because the Steelers are marching, the Chiefs are marching. Obviously, the Colts are. the Texans have to get through in that division. I think it's just going to be a little bit too late for the Jaguars who absolutely dominated this week in their victory over the Indianapolis Colts. I thought the Colts would have been a lot closer in this one, but it was not close. It was a walk over from the very start, basically. Really in the second half, it really got out of hand. It was a little bit closer at halftime. After, uh, you know, the special teams returned for a touchdown. And, of course, they had a a fumble recovery for a touchdown too off Hasselbeck. So, a big, big win for the Raiders. Their fans can be a lot more positive going forward after how they've got on this season. Mentioned the Seahawks, absolutely dominant again, Tyler Lockett, two touchdowns for him, Doug Baldwin, big game again, they're just playing good each and every week, Uh, solid, solid football here from the Seahawks, Uh, obviously mentioned as well, the big news coming out of that is the injury to Thomas Rawls out for the rest of the season with a fractured ankle. Running back situation now, obviously we're waiting on Marshawn Lynch, will he be back in the playoffs after that sports hernia surgery, they're really relying on him to come back to give them some Opportunity of the run game and the playoffs but uh, passing through the air the last few weeks this looks like it's Russell Wilson's team going forward for the next couple of games and he's been dominating the last few games five touchdowns again in this one for him and that's I don't know if it's back to back games or two games in three weeks that he's put up five touchdowns and uh, looking sensational in his play no no mistakes no interceptions playing very very consistent football mentioned the Bengals the, brought, uh, the Patriots game obviously Gronkowski helps immensely when you get him back in Amendola played in this one but a lot of injuries in this one for the Patriots too and uh, LeGarrette Blunt won off those. Let's hope for the Patriots nation out there that they can get those guys fit going into the playoffs. But it's really all choking up. I mentioned uh, the Chiefs winning against the Chargers. The Chargers putting up three points for the second time this season against the Chiefs. Just have not looked good. And uh, the Chiefs just barely getting enough done to get the win in this one. But they continue on that winning streak they're on. And the Jets again look very, very impressive against the Tennessee Titans. The Titans. You know, they gave us a little bit of hope a few weeks ago that things were moving up, and uh, they are moving up after last season, but this game was not pretty, and uh, Marcus Mariota actually catching the touchdown in this one, so that shows how things went here for the Titans. So uh, that's probably it going forward. The Saints bet the Buccaneers. uh, The Rams beat the Lions, but when you're looking around, uh, sorry if I didn't mention your team in this. I know I got a little bit of a slag on Twitter for not mentioning the Buccaneers in last week's recap show, but think I've pretty much gone through all the things with playoff implications outside of that we're looking at who's going to have the number one overall pick in the draft uh, let's just not forget about Johnny Manziel and the uh, Cleveland Browns they got a win this week against the 49ers uh, that there was going to end that race for the number one overall pick but we'll see how it goes um, more wins this season than usual going to get that first overall pick and it's uh, it's been a very very interesting season as i mentioned 14 weeks in three to go it's been a lot of fun i'll be back to preview the week 15 action later in the week any questions you want to send it on twitter hit me up with them at overtime ireland as always give us a comment and a written on itunes stitcher i always like to plug that and uh, hopefully more and more if you go and do so keep spreading the word on social media and as always thanks for listening until i'm back later in the week of course have a good one